0: While the future of the Nashville Predators is a hot topic swirling around Nashville, one place you can get a glimpse of the future is taking a look at the Predators' prospects. On today's Locked on Predators, we're gonna take a look at the young talent in the Predators pipeline and talk about some names that could become familiar pretty soon. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Hi, everyone. I'm Ann Kimmel at Locked on Predators. I am a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is on vacation this week. So today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited for you all to hear from him. We're going to talk about Eric in just a minute, but first want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than Ever before, bet online where the game starts. So on today's show, I am welcoming back a great friend of Nick and I, Eric Denay. Eric is a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com, and he covers Predators' prospects. Eric has one of the most vast accumulations of knowledge, analysis, and statistics on these players in the development system, and he is going to talk with us today about some of the seasons that the young Predators' prospects have had. I am joined now by Eric Danae. Eric is a prospects guru. It's the only appropriate word for him. He is a guru when it comes to Nashville Predators, their development system, and the men and players in that system. Eric is joining me now. We're going to talk about some of the, as we love to call them, baby Preds and how their seasons have gone. Eric, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, of course. Always uh, happy to join and talk prospects.
0: Yep. So first of all, let's start with the little brother, the Milwaukee Admirals. They had a really interesting season uh, at the time of this recording. They're in the playoffs, but wanted to talk about kind of their start and what you think they've progressed at over the season to get them to a point where they're competing in the playoffs.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, this was a team that uh, that came into the year with high expectations. Um, If you recall their last Time out on the ice before this year was the 2019-20 season, um, which was canceled abruptly. Um, at which point they had a commanding lead on the entire mm-hmm. league, um, and they didn't play uh, in 2021. Uh, so most of the players went and played for the Chicago Wolves. But um, you know, going into the year, high expectations. Uh, you know, you had players like Connor Ingram, Jeremy Davies, um, the ultimate addition of Cody Glass, mm-hmm. Rocco Grimaldi, uh, the return of Cole Schneider. Um, and it was looking like a team that could compete for uh, a division title, if not the Calder Cup. Um, and ultimately, pretty much everything that could have gone wrong went wrong to start the year. Um, uh, around this, I think mid-December, um, the Admirals were in last place in the entire league. Um, That's so crazy. Yeah, which which really makes um, which makes their kind of recovery all the better. Um, they they strung together. Uh, a couple of really good streaks to start the year, um, mostly thanks to Connor Ingram's stellar play right. in net and um, some some great goal scoring from Kermaldi, from Matt Luff, and Schneider and Glass. Um, and uh, that really turned their season around. So the AHL actually had an expanded playoff field this year. So um, 23 teams made the playoffs. Uh, the Admirals would have made it even without the expanded um, format because they finished third in the division. Um, but yeah, so now they're they're locked in um, a five game series with Manitoba, uh, and they just got uh, Ingram and, and Glass. Well, I guess by the time people listen to this, um, they'll know. But Ingram, Glass, mm-hmm. and Olivier back from Nashville, um, and they've got a two nothing uh, heading into this courting a two nothing series lead, um, but uh, could be two one or they could have won it uh, come uh, come listening time. So
0: yeah, so really an amazing season for the admirals to start out as rough as they did what do you think carl carl taylor did there or what started to click for them that turned it around
1: yeah i, I think a few things um you know at the beginning of the year they were suffering from a lack of depth scoring um mm-hmm. you know outside of the the, the few top players uh, grimaldi novak uh left Schneider and, and Glass, they really had nothing. And, and you know, in sports where Glass was called up or Grimaldi um, or, or Novak um, or Luff, they really, you know, without those players in the lineup, uh, suffered even more. Um, you know, that started to change. You had contributions from from Mitch McLean, uh, who's on an AHL deal. Uh, Cole Smith hit 20 goals in his first full yeah. AHL season. Um, you know, they acquired uh, uh, Jimmy Huntington and, and Braden Burke uh, midway through the year who have helped. Um so that's one thing um you know another thing is the defense um there was kind of a lot of of uh growing pains and experimentation with the pairs to start the year and and you know you had first time pros like Mark Delgado and David Ference. you know playing well at times making mistakes at other times as you'd expect and um and you know Jeremy Davies was up in Nashville a lot and, and all that right. stuff so it was kind of hard to get um you know a consistent flow going and then one of the biggest issues really was was the goaltending behind Connor ingram um you know if preds fans have their concern about Saros's workload this year then they shouldn't take a look at the number of games connor ingram started in milwaukee because <laughs> it was arguably worse um and uh you know simply put for most of the year Devin cooley who is um ingram's backup in milwaukee was mm-hmm. was bad um yeah you know uh he just wasn't putting up ahl level goaltending whatsoever uh, and there was nothing they could really do about it. Um, they started Ingram in probably as many games that they possibly could have. Um, and and there was never confidence that when Cooley was in net, uh, he could steal a game like Ingram could. And and what's crazy about that is, um, you know, since then, uh, you know, this team's really turned it around. Cody Glass, I think, has, has really taken the team. Um, you know, taken the steering wheel on this team. Led the team in scoring in the regular season. Cole Schneider tipped in 30 goals at his age. Um, the defense has really rounded out into form in, in three good pairs um, that have developed some good chemistry. Uh, and most importantly, to start this playoff series, Devin um, Cooley has stood on his head through the first two games. Um,
0: yeah.
1: In what can only be described as one of the most shocking developments of the year based on his regular season play. So. <laughs> um so that's been helpful uh, even without Rocco Grimaldi who is um who's injured and, and out for the season yeah. so
0: yeah I want to talk about Cody Glass in just a minute but first I want to ask you how surprised were you or were you at all surprised by Connor Ingram's performance when he was called up and was put in the playoff games how did you how did you anticipate he would do and how did you feel about his performance
1: yeah, I would say not at all surprised, mm-hmm. really. Um, I think anyone who's watched uh, any bit of Admirals games for the past couple of years um, uh, knows what he can do at the AHL level. He's he's kind of maxed out um, down here in the AHL um, yeah. and has, has bailed out the Admirals on many nights. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of questions after 2021 where he went to, to Sweden and Ultimately um checked into the player assistance program and, and he certainly opened up a lot about his his OCD and mental health issues since um about kind of where his career was going. But um I think the trajectory was always that he was going to be saros's backup next season. Uh right. and him coming into the playoffs and taking the net from, from Dave Riddick um really solidified that. So he's done all he can do in the AHL. Um, you know, it's it's certainly a benefit that the Admirals are are um having back, but you know cool right. cooley has been so good in the playoffs that he actually uh started last night if for game three so um so you know ingram uh after these playoffs will will be done in milwaukee barring anything crazy and, and it's certainly well deserved
0: yep okay so let's talk about cody glass this is a player that i think a lot of fans in nashville were excited about and then he ended up down in milwaukee and you know, he really flourished in Milwaukee. You just published an article recently at on and everybody needs to go and check it out. I will link this article for you. But you talk about Cody Glass and kind of offensive rhythm. So what have you seen from Glass as far as developing in his time in Milwaukee, and where do you see him next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, so that was always the thing, uh, you know, he was a sixth overall pick so expectations were always high Mm -hmm. and i think that the the trade the three-team trade last summer was so shocking on many fronts that um you know it's natural that folks were disappointed when he got sent down to milwaukee but if you look at it you know as sad as it is it really looks like ryan ellis's career is is you know close to over at this point he played in four games this year um fleet myers is likely to be bought out this summer uh nolan patrick skated in 25 games and scored seven points for vegas so you know what's left from that deal is cody glass and um i think if you told a lot of folks that despite being drafted in 2017 cody glass has never played a full season in the ahl until this year they maybe wouldn't believe that but it's true um mm-hmm. and you really can't discount how helpful a year in the ahl even for that high of a pick uh can be so right you know Coming out of his junior career, no one really had any questions about his defensive play. Um, He was always really good, um, you know, in his own end of the ice. But um, the thing that that I think folks were kind of concerned about was his speed and and skating mechanics. And, um, you know, those things can be overcome. There's a lot of really good forwards in the NHL who aren't the best skaters. And one thing that I think he's really focused on in Milwaukee this year and that the coaching staff has really focused on with him is – developing a rhythm, developing those offensive instincts and those offensive skills despite not being the fastest player on the ice, despite not having you know the quickest feet or the best acceleration. Um, and it's really showcased um, in all he's done. You know, he's, he's timing his passes uh, better. He's ultimately a playmaker, right? He sets guys up. Mm-hmm. He's timing his passes better. Um, he's tracking, you know, play on the ice better. Uh, he's, he's putting his teammates in better positions to score. Uh, the number of stretch pass, you know primary assists on breakaways I saw yeah. him execute this year was crazy and um you know he still has the scoring touch that 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 makes him a multidimensional threat and that resulted in um you know he was uh, I think 4th fifth on the team in goals with 14th and and led the team in points with 62 um, in 66 games and and um over half those points were were primary ones scored at even strength. So he wasn't loading up on the power play or anything. Um, Right. So, uh, you know, really great season from him. I think it's exactly what he needed. And uh, I would say all signs point to him, you know, being a a full-time Predator next year.
0: Eric has such a great read of all of the things that are happening down in Milwaukee and with some players that may be joining the Milwaukee Admirals next season. Appreciate his insight into that coming up. He's going to talk to us about some of the other players in the system and their standout performances this season. But first this episode's brought to you by bet online bet online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest odds, new, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL Futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts so which predators prospects have had their best seasons eric has all of those details and analysis so we talked about connor ingram in net the other goaltender that just causes a ruckus among nashville predators fans irislav Askarov. he has had just a really weird situation going on this season. Okay, talk us through what in the ever-loving hell is going on or went on with Askarov this season.
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, you know, it's obviously no secret that the NHL and the KHL's relationship is kind of frayed um, here this year. And even before that, um, you know, Russia had a keen interest in keeping Russian prospects in Russia for as long as they could. Um that's you know, why players like Evgeny Kuznetsov and Artemi Panarin and um, um, Karel Kavrazov stayed over there for so long. Um, and with a player whose pedigree was as high as uh, Askarov's, you know, uh, that is a player that the St. Petersburg organization was really high on, on keeping in Russia for, you know, if they had their way his entire career. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, this year, we really started to see a few things unfold. Um, he was bouncing between the KHL and the VHL, which is like Russia's AHL. Um, No one really ever expected him to, he wasn't ever gonna be a starter in the KHL this year. SKA's team is loaded. They have two KHL level goalies and and he's still young. Um, But even in the VHL, he wasn't getting starts. Um, This year, he he started six games in the KHL and and nine games in the VHL. Um, And when the VHL, his VHL season was over, st petersburg's mhl team which is like their junior league Mm -hmm. went on and and won their championship and he wasn't even he didn't even go uh and and suit up for them at all so um you know david Poyle has made comments about the organization kind of punishing him for his expressing interest in wanting to come to north america after this year and um i I obviously can't verify that but um you know weren't it's not the first time that that's happened to to a player and um you know it's I think certainly affected his performance you know in the kind of shortened world Juniors uh you know things kind of went south for him uh and he was hung out to dry um and and even in um some performances in the VHL this year uh you know probably faced a lot more criticism than maybe was deserving so um you know the positive news is is he's he's in North America now um yeah. he he signed a tryout contract with the Admirals for the rest of the year and then He'll sign his entry-level contract beginning next season um, with Nashville. And, uh, you know, with Ingram um, going to Nashville next year, presumably the, the net uh, for Milwaukee next year will be a competition mm-hmm. between him and uh, Tomas Vumashka and wow. um, likely Devin Cooley, although Cooley is an RFA. So um, no guarantee that he'll be back.
0: Yeah. So how far off do you think Askarov's game is from being the starter in Milwaukee? You know, what are the things that you feel like he needs to work on if he wants to get to a point where he is NHL ready?
1: Yeah, um, I think he's probably uh, based on talent already. The, you know, starter in Milwaukee next year. Mm -hmm. Again, assuming that Ingram's in Nashville full-time. You know, that being said, there's certainly... um, Kind of mechanics to his game that he needs to work on but the beauty of the ahl is like is is the preds can use milwaukee in that way they don't need to be focused on winning games or contending for a title they can just hand asker off the keys to the net you know 50 games a year and and let him experience those growing pains that are going to come naturally um you know i think the the strengths of his game you know extremely mobile extremely agile moves laterally very well um he he uh can fight through traffic to to track pucks well uh very athletic the weaknesses and and i think the ahl will be good for this in in that it's a much more physical league is um is kind of controlling his crease, you know setting his ground um at the top of the crease and and, um kind of forcing opponents to respect that um you know working on his glove hand um working on his his stance mechanics a little bit um and and just really like honing those skills against um, good shooters and, and more importantly, you know, uh, I guess kind of grittier hockey where where there's going to be a lot of scrums in front of the net and, and rebounds to control. Um, and, and in Europe, where there's a bit more of a skill to the game um, than in the AHL, uh, that that's not so much um, a commonplace. So I think next year will be important for him. And um, it can be really hard to kind of tell what exactly needs to be done when you jump from from Russia to, to the AHL or to North America in general. So I think we'll have a better picture at the, at the start of next season, but that's kind of where we're at now.
0: So another player that we have seen and heard a lot of with a big season, Luke Evangelista with the London Knights. 62 games played, 55 goals, 56 assists, 111 points. So he's been pretty productive. Tell me what you've seen in his performance this season and what you think it might mean for him going forward.
1: Yeah, um, huge year from from Luke Evangelista. Um, you know, a historic year in terms of Preds prospects in the Canadian Hockey League, um, rivaled only really by, by the likes of Alex Radulov and, and David Legwand. Um, He was phenomenal. Uh, London's best player all season. Um, You can make a case for the OHL's best player all season. You know, stars fans might have a case to make with Wyatt Johnston, but regardless, um, pretty much every night he was a difference maker. Um, And you could count on him, not just for a goal, not just for an assist, but multiple points. Um, And, uh, you know, it's been a while since Nashville's really had that kind of um, electric, you know, level performance in a prospect. I mean, Philip Tomasino had 100 points at the OHL, but um, even he was never as much of a highlight real player as Evangelista was this season. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I spoke to Luke um, last year when he kind of had a brief stint in the AHL with Chicago. Um, and that was during the year in which the OHL didn't play. Um, so he hadn't played up until that point, which was probably March, I want to say. Um, and he had kind of identified a couple things that he was really working on in his development. And that was um, his strength, uh, both his, his, his leg strength and his arm strength, and, and subsequent to that, his shot. Um, and you really saw returns on the, that development this year. Um, you know, his shot was much better. Uh, not the fastest guy, but his foot speed was improved with some added strength. He was harder to knock off the puck than before. Um, you know, in all honesty, his brief time in the AHL was bad um he mm-hmm. looked and again that's not surprising i mean he was um he was you know freshly 19 you know not having played hockey for almost a year and uh yeah that's a of, huge having,
0: thing that's a yeah, huge factor
1: getting thrown in the deep end against ben so it's 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 not a bad thing that that was the case but you know needless to say the work <laughs> excuse me the organization was was not impressed at the time but to go and kind of rebound with a year like he had um great and uh you know he'll be in milwaukee next year um you know I, i would caution folks he in all likelihood is not going to be a 30 goal scorer in the ahl next season um there's still some some work to his game you know ahl defenses are much uh faster timing has to be more precise than in the ohl level um where you know bottom pairing defenseman um you know he could just toe drag and dangle around all day He's not going to yeah. have that luxury as much in the ahl um he's going to have to work harder on his strength to, to to maintain his puck possession skills and um and be better defensively too you know if i had one criticism about his game in the ohl this year is i thought on some shifts he was pretty lazy defensively um you know he plays on the wing so not as important as a player you know defensively as a center but um you know he's not the best back checker in the world he's not the person who's going to chase down an opponent and enforce a turnover um in the defensive zone uh and he was relying a lot on his teammates to kind of get those pucks for him so yeah. um you know we'll need to see some improvements in that but obviously you know trajectory is looking up
0: yeah i w- i'm really excited to watch him next year with milwaukee and just kind of see his process another uh young prospect people were really excited about 2021 first round draft pick zachary La- larue uh, he played for the Halifax Mooseheads. What did you see from him this season? How do you think he's doing? You know, is he on? Is he sort of on a trajectory that you would expect for somebody young coming into this?
1: Yeah, um, an interesting season for him for sure. Um, you know, the start of the year was really great. Um, he looked one. He looked like Halifax's best player most nights um and then he was left off he wasn't even invited to canada's world juniors camp um and and he you know seemingly kind of took that personally and and that's fine um i i kind of get why um i don't think he ever probably would have made the roster but i understand being frustrated about not even being invited to to camp um and the second half of the season has been tough um had a couple suspensions you know mostly for being a repeat offender um he you know, pretty much since like the beginning or mid March, he has been uh, nearly invisible on the score sheet. Um, and uh, you know, frankly, his his draft eligible teammate Jordan Dumais has really um, kind of shown him up and has just been electric for the Moosehead since. So you know, that's a little concerning. He's he's now out with a lower body injury, week to week. Right. Halifax is in the playoffs. He hasn't played yet in the playoffs, um, and I don't know when he'll be back. But um, you know. That's all right it's his, his his first you know draft year plus one season in the qmjhl and he'll be back there next year um you know i would imagine he might get um might get traded to a contender at the deadline next year in the qmjhl not in the nhl and um and we'll see where that goes but next year i think will be a lot more important to telling us where he's at in his development than than this year was so
0: so he's kind of known for, like you said, he's had several suspensions this year known as sort of a passionate player, passionate player. Do you think that is something that will sort of be softened as he goes through this process? Or do you think that's just always going to be a part of his game? And if so, is that going to be a problem?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's going to have to be softened to an extent. I, I certainly think there's a, a, there's a place for some of his antics in the game. Uh, I mean, you see what Brad Marchand brings to the table, you see what uh, Matthew Kachuk brings to the table, even Brady Kachuk, you know, players like that. Um, but, you know, a few instances this year, uh, I mean, it was so obvious that the game plan against him for opposing teams was just to get in his head. I mean, similar to what the, the Preds were trying and failing to do with Nazem Kadri this series, Yes. is to get in his head and get him to retali- to retaliate because he's a repeat offender and that comes with automatic suspension, you know, minimums from the league. And so, uh, and it worked. And it worked. I mean, I remember one instance. I think was against Moncton. It was like taking candy from a baby. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. You could see it from a mile away, like the situation he was being walked into, and he right. fell for it. And um, and he's just got to be smarter than that, you know. Um, when he's on the ice when he's at the top of his game he is a high end impact player in the QMJHL when he's sitting in the press box for his you know third fourth fifth suspension of the year he's not making a difference and um yep. i love that he plays with an edge i love that he pisses off goalies you know i love <laughs> that he he infuriates other defenders but um You know, ultimately, like, what's our biggest criticism about, like, Michael McCarron and and Matthew Olivier, right? Like, they don't bring anything because they can't keep up with the play, so they can end up taking penalties, and then they force the Preds to kill penalties, which they clearly weren't going to have against Colorado. LaRue can keep up with the play. He can make a difference. He can score. But if you're sitting in the penalty box, it's all just the same. What does it matter, you know? Um, So there is going to be an aspect of that that he's really going to have to 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 – get under control. And I'm sure he knows that I'm not probably saying anything new, but, um, you know, you can get away with it in the QMJHL much more than you can um, in the AHL and the NHL.
0: So a player I really fell in love with at development camp, Yusou Parsonen. This guy knocked my socks off and he played in Finland this season. He's now with Milwaukee. Tell me about him and what you think of his game.
1: Yeah. Um, I love, I love Parson's game. Um, love him. (laughs) He's, uh, he's great. Um, he had a phenomenal year in Finland, um, which kind of ended with a him getting COVID, which, which hit him very hard. Um, and B, he, uh, was the victim of a, of a hit to the head late in the season. Um, that, that gave him a pretty severe concussion. Um, but he eventually returned and, um, his team made it all the way to the, the Finnish league championship, which they ultimately lost. But um, he played a lot of hockey over there this year and, and he was great. Um, I think on balance, probably TPS's best player. Um, and and at the beginning of the year, you could make an argument. He was one of the most important players to his team in, in the Finnish league. That kind of trailed off a little towards the end. But um, like I said, COVID concussion, all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, I think if you're thinking about like a seventh round gem, you know, He's a model, um, mm-hmm. just a hardworking player. Again, not the fastest skater. You see his skating mechanics, and like even if you knew nothing about hockey, you could you could probably say, well, that looks a little off. Um, yeah. But he works hard. Um, you know, I've had some conversation with folks who are are you know, kind of, you know, closer to his to his organization over in Finland, and and they can't say enough about um, how dedicated he is off the ice to improving. Um, was very strong very hard to knock off the puck um he's got a great set of hands for not being like an elite scorer um you know every now and then he would kind of flash a a pretty dazzling play and um that was always fun to watch um and uh you know ultimately he's kind of the trustworthy center type you know that that you can throw out there when you need a a big play um you know kind of like colton sissons maybe with a little more skill but um so yeah, so he's over in Milwaukee, uh, and he actually he played in the first two games in the series um, with Glass up in up in Nashville and um, and uh, some other forwards battling some illness, and uh, he made it he's made it really hard to to take him out of the lineup. So um, uh, I all indications that I've seen are he'll he'll have played last night, but um, this is recorded before then, so I can't confirm. Um, But uh, yeah, really excited about him. I think next season in the AHL is going to do wonders for him and I'm I'm really excited to see where he where he goes
0: there are several predators draftees who played this year at the collegiate level in just a minute eric's going to give us a glimpse into how some of those seasons went but first i want to tell you about something new and amazing imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then you open your eyes and you realize you only just ate 150 calories and got 16 grams of protein that's what it's like when you eat a birthday cake puff from built bar if you haven't tried the puffs i'm gonna let you in on a little secret you have to try these. They are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. They are a delicious flavor with 100% real chocolate, and now they have a new flavor, birthday cake puffs. Make every day your birthday with birthday cake puffs. Bilt has taken the delicious experience of biting into a slice of birthday cake and has enrobed it in 100% white chocolate, and for fun, toss some sprinkles on it. It only has 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar in this limited time flavor. It's an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and some variety in your day. All of the Built Bar Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy, but you feel like you're eating a treat. The Puffs are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more easily and provides a ton of health benefits. You can go to Bilt.com to get the birthday cake puffs now. If you go to Bilt.com to place your order, make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. So there were a few collegiate players who had some really strong performances in the NCAA this season. Eric is going to talk to me about who those players are. And then he's going to let me know exactly who Predators fans could expect to see in the near future on Bridgestone Arena ice. So let's talk about some of our collegiate guys. We've had, you know, there are several prospects that were playing in college this season. Who were, you know, who was somebody whose game in the NCAA jumped out at you this season?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think probably, hmm, uh, you know, if I had to pick one, I would I would go with um, Ryan Evko, um, mm-hmm. who plays at UMass. Um, I, I really love his game, you know, this comparison may not make sense to everyone, but I think Ryan Ifko is, is more is exactly what, and probably more what people and maybe the Preds thought Luke Reed who's drafted here before him was going to be, um, you know, Luke Reed is, I wasn't super high on the pick at the time. He's playing for New Hampshire, which is a a program that is not very good. and, And his first two years in college have not been great um ryan of uh came into umass as a freshman this year undersized defender gets well um sees the ice very well can quarterback a power play um and he didn't get a a lot of headlines mostly because his fellow freshman defender teammate scott morrow who's a carolina hurricanes pick uh led their blue line in scoring um and was phenomenal as well well Ufko was right behind him in scoring 31 points in 37 games as a freshman um just five goals uh and i will say only eight of those points were primary ones scored at even strength but he did get a lot of power play time uh and he was he was um paired up with matthew kessel most of the year who's, who's a, a veteran defenseman there in that umass program and they really became umass's kind of shutdown pair um so he's just such a smooth player i think he, he makes so few mistakes and a lot of the mistakes that he would make kind of come from um, you know just needing to add strength just needing to to adjust to the college game and and that's to be expected for a freshman and particularly a freshman that's under six foot so um yeah. i'm really excited to see where his development path goes and, and umass has developed this reputation as now kind of a defender factory so um that's that's great news as well
0: Let's talk about Spencer Stasny. He played um, at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. What did you think of his season? Where do you think, like kind of where do you think his game is and where does it need to go?
1: Yeah, I, I love Spencer Stasny's game too. Um, a very understated player. Um, he comes from the the 2018 draft class, which uh, only had four picks. Um, one of whom may soon to be two of whom are no longer in the organization. Um, but, uh, uh, He was—he's a player that that kind of came out of the U.S. National Development Program, didn't get a a, a lot of headlines. Played four years at Notre Dame, didn't get Mm -hmm. get, didn't get a lot of headlines. Um, But all that said, uh, in the NCAA tournament this year, uh, Notre Dame's coach said that he maybe is the best defender he's ever had at Notre Dame. That's Uh, huge, which is 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 high praise. um, Obviously, you know he isn't going to light up the score sheet. he had 27 points in, in 39 games this year, um, but was a consistent, you know, good offensive producer all year, um, a, a good leader for Notre Dame. Um, and I think for my money, probably the best, like technically sound skater in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, his skating is incredible. I, I like YouTube, just like one clip of him. And there's actually a, a, a play from uh, the World Juniors a couple of years ago where he was on team USA and he was playing with um Keandre Miller who plays for the Rangers and I think it was a game against Finland um and they had gotten like a breakaway I want to say and he wasn't the defenseman responsible for for allowing the breakaway but he skated from like the offensive blue line all the way to track down this forward uh probably around the hash marks clean play didn't take a penalty. Knock the puck off a stick and it was like genuinely a thing of beauty so um if you have a chance go watch that play Uh, it's really incredible um and and that's kind of the hallmark of his game is is like I said he's not gonna score a ton he's not um you know gonna uh he's not gonna uh, be you know a first pairing defenseman in the NHL but um if he goes anywhere uh in his career it's gonna be because he's a really great skater and, and that helps on and off the puck right he can evade four checkers really well and he can break up plays really well uh and get back to pucks and recover and, and cover for teammates mistakes um without uh without breaking a sweat so
0: so who are some of the players you know whether they're with milwaukee ohl qmjhl you know in college who are some of the players that you think predators fans will be hearing more about sooner rather than later
1: yeah, um, I mean, you kind of look to next year, obviously, if we talked about Ingram a bit. Um, uh, you know, another name that I would surmise will be in Nashville full-time next year is, is Jeremy Davies. Um, yes, yeah. And, and we we spoke about Cody Glass as well. Um, I think on top of that, um, man, I, I mean, there's, there's I guess, a lot to choose from. You know, Escaroff's <laughs> always going to be like, the big topic of conversation. Um, he's kind of the the crown jewel of of the prospect yes. pool, but um, yeah. you know that said, I, I guess another player that um, has has kind of generated a lot of interest, and will be interesting to see what um, what he does next year is, is Fyodor Svechkov, who um, mm-hmm. plays in the same organization that Askarov played over in Russia, and um, played mostly in in the the VHL this year with Nikita Chib- Chibrikov and um, in Kareel Tankoff who are Jets and Penguins prospects um and uh and he had a good, he had a good year um but uh we'll see what his KHL ice time looks like next year um his KHL contract expires after next season um you know we'll kind of see what the KHL NHL relationship looks like that looks like then um yeah. and 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 how that pans out but um kind of another Exciting prospect to be to be looking forward to, and in um, another first round pick um, in the same year that, that they, they took Larue. So,
0: yep. So Eric, let um, let the people listening know where can they find you and your work when it comes to Nashville Predators prospects.
1: Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at uh, on the future OTF, uh, and then you can find all my work on on the fourcheck.com. um so yeah on twitter always tweeting highlights uh, charts sharing my articles all that stuff uh and yeah
0: I want to thank Eric Dene once again for joining us on Locked on Predators. Really and truly, if you are not following Eric uh, at OnTheForeCheck.com and checking out his articles there, or if you're not following him on Twitter, you need to make sure you do that. Eric is terrific about posting highlights and analysis of all of the Predators' prospects wherever they are playing, so be sure to check him out. Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with some more questions about the Nashville Predators and where they're headed this offseason. Now go make Locked on NHL your second listen of the day to keep up with all of the Stanley Cup final scores and news. Hope you guys have a great day.